What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. You don't know what that art is, Mr. Trash. I'd show you, but I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too fucking blind. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Oh, we'll always say it, and we'll keep saying it, and we'll keep repeating it. The truth shall always set you free. This is Tim. This is Get Off My Lawn, the Mad Ramblings of a Gen Xer. Oh, we want to talk about the border crisis, the blank check to Ukraine, Mr. Zelensky, President Zelensky coming over here and saying that $45 billion is not enough for him and Ukraine. You know what's interesting? It was a very short time ago that... Uh, Democrats, not really Democrats, Republicans, the Senate, Congress, you know, pretty much everyone considered Ukraine a corrupt regime, considered Zelensky, President Zelensky, a, a corrupt puppet leader. Um, but all of a sudden now, he, you know, people are comparing him to Ronald Reagan and, you know, all these others, you know, great Winston Churchill, I hear a lot of times as well. And and I, I just laugh because I just think to myself, wasn't there just a, an investigation not too long ago that the Ukrainian district attorney got fired because then president, or excuse me, then vice president Joe Biden uh, decided to withhold funding for Ukraine until this person was fired. I, re- I remember that. I kind of remember that clearly that 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 happened not too long ago, a couple of years, a couple of years back. But now he's he is one of these figures. He, he comes here wearing his his he's he's like John Fetterman. He's like Lurch. He comes here wearing his his not his hoodie, but he comes wearing his his green sweatshirt. That of course, that of course is for Lurch Fetterman there. Um, but I, I just find it interesting that he basically says that you know forty something billion dollars in age—that's just not enough. We have to keep continuing to have this blank check. We got to keep continuing to have this this funnel of money to what many considered not too long ago a corrupt country, who who receives aid, and that aid never seems to go to exactly where it's supposed to. Have we not decided yet that maybe we just need to do a little bit of an audit? You know, the, the IRS likes to audit everyone and uh, uses, you know, small business accounts such as PayPal and Vemu and everything else. We, we want to audit that, but we don't want to go look and see what, what Zelensky and Ukraine, how they're spending this aid that we are so easily sending over. I mean, it's it's one of those things. Last time I checked that um, there were other countries that were help, helping support Ukraine. But for some reason, the American taxpayers have to have this this blank check that we have to give to these countries to help stem democracy and slow down the tide of the red wave. I guess it isn't really a red wave because I think that would be China. But we have to slow down the 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 Russians from going through Ukraine. You know what? And I, I my heart goes out to the Ukrainians. They they are put in the middle of this. They 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 were not asking for this war. 
you know, Russia did invade. I do find it interesting. I've said it a million times that this wasn't done when Trump was president because Trump was unpredictable. Biden, if anything, is beyond predictable. And, and I think that is one of the issues that we have in reference to this administration. But I just love when people like he 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 channeled his inner Ronald Reagan. He's begging for money. He's asking for money. And we're the fools that are just giving the money saying, yeah, here you go. Not wondering exactly where this money is 100% going. Is it wrong just to ask for an accounting of the money? You know, if we're giving it in, if we're giving this funding in direct military aid, such as missiles and weapons and, and ammunition and things such as that, then I have no problem with that. But if you're giving this guy a blank check, if you're giving what was just a corrupt regime year, a couple of years back, all this money, and you are not asking for an accounting of this money, who is the, who was more foolish then? But as the, as, as Americans, we're, we're supposed to just sit there and say, you know what, here you go. There you go. For 45 billion, that's not enough. Uh, how about a couple trillion? When does it end? When does it stop? When does the handout for the rest of the world stop from our country? When does that stop? When does when does the taxpayer speak up and stand up and say, "You know what? No more. We need to fix the problems in our own country." You talk about these people and you worry about these people in the border that are sitting there in encampments waiting to cross over. You worry about them. You sit there and go, oh, you know, it's going to get cold. You know, we, we have a humanitarian crisis, but we have veterans that are homeless currently right now on the streets who are not getting this aid. You worried about people who are not even citizens, but you do not worry about the citizens that fought for your country. And you want to make yourself seem like this benevolent person, but you're not worried about the problem that's in front of you. You're not worried about the homeless encampments that are in New York, that are in that are in San Francisco, that are in these blue states or even red states. You don't worry about that, but you worried about people who did nothing for this country besides coming here illegally. And yes, I am sorry. It's not immigration when you wait at a border to a certain period of time that you roll through it. That is called an invasion. We have talked about that a million times before, but it's okay because you need to be benevolent. You need to feel good about yourself. You need, you need to have this warmth in your body that just makes you feel like you are doing something, but you're not helping the people who are currently citizens who are here who need help. But you worry more about people that have no standing in this society, who come here illegally and expect Medicare, Medicaid you know, clothes for their children, money, you know, resources. That is a drain and a blight to this society when we're not taking care of our own. And you, and like I said, I, my heart goes out to the people that are at the border. My heart goes out to people in Ukraine. But there is a point in time that you just need to reach and say to yourself, we have enough problems here. We have enough issues here. But the problem is, we are not addressing those issues. We are not looking, we're not looking at the border and saying, hey, listen, there is a huge problem at this border. When Title 42 gets lifted, what happens? We're not looking at that. We're looking at just giving billions of dollars away, not to help stop this illegal invasion, but to help process it and facilitate it through the country. There's a possibility to have 18,000. They're, they're talking about having over 18,000 people a day crossing the border. You're looking at almost like 6.8 million people a year. If that was to happen, that changes the dynamic and the face of your country. 
But the problem is you're looking at these things from the perspective of, oh, I have to feel good about myself. You know what? Sometimes it is okay to turn around and say, we need to look within and not look outward at what other people and other people's problems are. We need to address and fix our own problems. That's what we need to look at. We need to worry about the veterans here that are homeless. We need to worry about the children who are not getting a proper education because of COVID. We need to worry about the COVID pandemic that's no longer a COVID pandemic. We're going to get to that in a minute. But we need to worry about the we need to worry about the issues with COVID. We need to worry about RSV. We need to worry about the flu. We need to worry about everything else. We need to worry about getting our own economy back up and running again before we can continue to give billions and billions and billions and billions of aid to other countries to help further them along when all we're doing is taking away from our own society. When does it stop? When does it stop? When do we stop being this nation that is, you know what, sometimes you want to consider us suckers because of the fact that, you know, we've always said it before, and I've heard Democrats saying it before, you know, that, that America cannot be the policeman of the world. But when someone comes with their hand out, the first thing that they want to do is give money away. Why? Because of the fact that I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna have this great pontification and this great reasoning, but I don't know. Why I understand why they want to have illegal immigration, because of the fact that they think it's voters, to the fact that George Soros went out and is purchasing Hispanic radio stations. All of a sudden. George Soros is like a 400-year-old, 900-year-old white guy is purchasing Hispanic radio stations. Why? Because he understands that is the next demographic population that will be used to help sway votes. And they've been moving towards the red side, the, the, excuse me, the Republican side. They're moving more towards that and away from the handouts of the Democrats. Because all the Democrats ever offer, ever offer to someone or to minority groups is are handouts. And it only comes when there's handouts when they are needed during election times. They're not during any other times, but as soon as an election is there, as soon as election comes around, oh, you know what? They go into the minority populations and say, you know, we're going to do so many wonderful things for you. But then they never do anything. They never fall through any of their promises. But at the end of the day, we need to continue to pay for not only like I said, a war that we are not involved in directly, but we also now have to pay for 6.8 million people who want to come over in this country illegally a year in a year. But the, and that's what has to drive you crazy a little bit. It has to it has to look at you have to look inward. And like I said, you got to continue to look inward and say, when does this stop? When do we as a nation just sit there and say, we cannot continue to do this? We cannot continue to, to have the rest of the world ride on our backs as we have our own economic problems, as we have our own domestic problems, as we have our own problems with our own economy. You always look at the prediction of the fall of Rome. And, you know, in Nero, you know, fiddling as Rome burns. His only problem is Biden's too dumb to play a fiddle. And, you know, you probably could just tell him he, he did, but he, you know, you, know, you probably could just tell him he knows how to play a fiddle because he probably won't remember 20 minutes later. But it's just one of these things that if you don't fix your own problems, if you don't put your own house in order, how can you expect to go outward and fix everyone else's issues? I think that at the in the grand scheme of thing is what we need to look at. Not even not 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 even close are we at a point 
where we can help address other people's issues when we have our own issues. I saw this article about Gen Z students, and it's Gen Z students dramatically threatened to leave country, change schools over row turning. It's really scary. A majority of students disagree with Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Okay, you know what? We've said this once before. We'll say it a million times again. People need to understand the decision of Roe v. Wade. The decision basically just hands the 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 issue of abortion and gives it back to the states. That's all it does. If you live in a state that is not going to allow you to have certain types of abortion that you want, but the, no, we're not. No, Democrats don't want to put a term limit on abortions, but um, but if, you know, you move to another state, then <laughs> why not? Just just do that. If that if that is your juxtaposition, your position, that if that is the only thing that bothers you, if nothing else bothers you besides, we've said it before, it's democracy and abortions. If those what if that is what's bothering you, then move to a state that has more abortion friendly laws. And these are the people that are the, 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 uh, I don't even want to call them people because sometimes I don't even think they're that smart. This is the group or the demographic that is helping sway elections. And, and they, they will proudly tell you that they, they helped sway, you know, stun, you know, stem the Republican red wave because of the fact that it's about democracy and abortions. But of course, no one could ever define what democracy is, but that's fine. We could just sit there and pretend we know what it is. But I don't get it. 43% of undergraduate students surveyed in best college studies, majority of them identify as students of color, claim that the court decision Roe v. Wade could impact their willingness to stay in their state and their current institution. And I think they should be in institutions, but they meant in reference to their, their colleges. Who cares? <laughs> Current graduates uh, who are millennials, 26 to 41, are significantly more likely than those who are part of Gen Z, 16 to 25, to stay the current, uh, the state, say the current decision will impact their choices to remain in the states where they currently attend uh, 58% against 38% the survey rundown says. The data implies the number of students would like to transfer to an institute in a state that grants abortion access. Why? Why is it so important to you? Why are Why is abortion so important to these people? You ever heard of contraceptives? And we've said it once and we've said it a million times before. Abortion is not something that you use as a contraceptive. I know that's a crazy thought process. But if you feel the need to move, and I love it because if you feel the need to move because of this, go to China. Try to get an abortion in China. Try going to like, uh, try like going to Iran. Try to go to these, any other countries and try to get an abortion. Go ahead. See what happens. No, because you don't know. What's going on besides your little world, besides your little mindset? I have no hope for Gen Z. I've said this before that when you are young, when you are between 16, we'll say, and 27, you're usually a Democrat because of the fact that you are a liberal because you believe you're going to change the world because you believe this. And then you start getting into your life. Then you start thinking about maybe marriage, maybe having kids, maybe buying a house, maybe making some money. And then you start swaying a little bit more over to the Republican side. Why? Because of the fact that you need money to do these things. You need to make a living. But I I have a feeling that Gen Z just wants to live off mommy and daddy. And hopefully mommy, when, you know, keep doing it to mommy and daddy croak and they can turn around then and just, you know, collect the insurance check and go back to working three days work weeks. Because you know what? You you don't want to push them. Because they might get upset. 
Oh, there's too many things going on in the world. What are they going to do? When you are in your 20s and you are still acting like you are 15, you need to grow the fuck up. Plain and simple. Right or wrong, good or bad or indifferent. I don't care what you think about what I'm saying. But the blank check for Gen Z has got to stop too. Because you cannot keep living off the backs of other people who work hard, who contribute to society, who try to make a difference not only for themselves, but their family and their community that they live in, and then ride off their coattails. That's what people need to look at, and that's what people need to address in these younger generations, in this Gen Z generation, because it's it's foolish to think that the free ride is going to be there forever. And I think we need to understand that. We have the holiday season coming up. And you know what? I, I have to say... Um, you know, here's another, here's another interesting article that just came out as I'm doing this pod. Biden administration's overstated second quarter jobs growth by 1 million. That's an accounting area. That's an accounting error. I know if I had an accounting error like that, my accountant probably would be fired. Biden administration overstated the number of jobs created in the U.S. during the second quarter by more than 1 million, according to a report issued by the Philadelphia Fed. The Philadelphia Fed reported found that 10,500 net new jobs were created in June, March and June. The finding is a stark contrast, a number released by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which estimated there were 1.12 million jobs created in March and June. Economists at the regions for the Central Bank of Philadelphia published their own reports last week. If your accountant made a, a, a million-dollar error not in your favor, would you still have that accountant? That's what I love because you know what? The government runs the health care, which is in the toilet. The government runs student loans, which is in the toilet. Try getting a piece of mail because they run the post office. We're looking at Social Security. So we're going to sit there and we're going to hope that the government get their statistical facts right in a reference to the number of jobs created from March and June, and they're only off by a million? Well, you know what? Why, why not? Joe Biden tells so many goddamn stories. What, what does it matter? What does it matter how many stories, he's, how many millions he's off? You know, I actually think we created 17 billion jobs in the, between March and June. Because it's all about democracy and abortions. <sighs> Holiday season is coming up, and someone asked me uh, on Twitter, you know, they say, what is your favorite either holiday, Christmas movie? And I'm not going to say holiday, Christmas, because I celebrate Christmas. You can celebrate Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you want, but I celebrate Christmas. They said, what is your favorite Christmas movie and why? Or what's your favorite Christmas special? And I had to think about this for a minute. Because you think about Santa Claus is coming to town, the claymation version, the uh, year without a Santa Claus, uh, the Miser Brothers Christmas. You, you also going back to Rudolph Shiny New Year. You got Frosty. Um, you know, you have a Christmas story. You got Arthur's Christmas, which is from uh, which is which is a movie done over in the UK. And, you know, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's in the UK. Um, you got a you got a lot of interesting new movies that have come out. You got Elf, of course. Um, and then you had the Christmas story, Christmas story or Christmas story, Christmas come out just recently. And you have a plethora of films that I would not call classics. Uh, one of my favorites is the, the Muppets Christmas Carol. I, I have to admit, I really, I really do enjoy that. Jim Henson's Muppet Christmas Carol. Michael Caine is Ebenezer Scrooge. So that, that was done a few years back. And I, I love it because, you know, there's so many songs that are memorable, um, that once you start watching it, you start singing it, and you got Gonzo and Rizzo the Rat are um, 
are out there, you know, being Charles Dickens and literally telling the story. Uh, and that's one of those movies that I could probably watch over and over again. But I laugh because a few years back, I, I was watching, uh, it was the first time I watched Christmas Vacation. And my wife is a big fan of the movie Christmas Vacation. I've never seen it. And this is probably like, I'd say it's like five years ago. And and, and I watched it with her. You know, there was some funny parts, you know, when Clark Griswold goes crazy, you know, and starts talking, you know, you know, about Santa and all that fun stuff and shitters full um, and things like that. And Cousin Eddie, you know, and the lights in the house. And I thought it was an OK movie. You know, I, I, I never really thought twice about it. But then we started watching it, you know, kind of like a tradition each year. Not like when TBS puts out a Christmas story, for, you know, for 24 hours. But we kind of watch it, you know, here and there now and then. And then we started watching it every year. And then I started getting gifts from friends. And this always made me laugh because I would get, you know, you always get your, you know, you get gifts from your friends. And all of a sudden the theme from these gifts started to be Christmas vacation. You know, one year I got a Clark Griswold like action figure or statue. Then one year I got um, the, the moose cup, the moose mug. And then another year I started getting Christmas ornaments from people and I, I I was laughing because someone sent me something. It was a very nice. It was like a, um, uh, I think it's made by a company called Reaction. They make like um, lifelike dolls or action figures or something. I don't know what you would call them. And it, it's Clark Griswold in his Santa suit with the hockey mask and the chainsaw. Well done. Very well done. Very beautiful. Very expensive. And I asked the, the person who sent it to me, I said, why did you send me this? You know, I said, not that I, not that I'm questioning because I think it's a lovely gift, but I said, what, what was your thought process that, you know, of you sending this over to me? And he goes, well, I know that uh, Christmas Vacation is your favorite movie. And I'm thinking to myself, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like not even close, not even close to my favorite movie. And then I started addressing to some of the other people that were sending me things and they all said the same thing. They go, well, it's, it's your favorite movie. It's your favorite holiday movie. And I thought to myself, where the hell are these people getting this thought process that Christmas Vacation was my favorite Christmas movie? And because really, honestly, if I think about it, Elf is probably my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies to watch. That's one of those movies I can watch over and over again. Um, I mean, when he jumps on the couch and propels himself, Will Ferrell, that is, and Buddy the Elf and lands on the Christmas tree to try to put the star on the crop of the Christmas tree. And, and I know it's coming. I know it's coming every year and that tree falls over. That just kills me. That, that just sends me, that just sends me into a tizzy. That just sends, gives me a laughing fit still to this day. Um, but I just laugh because, and, and now as I keep thinking about it more and more, I never really spoke to anyone about Christmas vacation. I never, it never really came, you know, came through that this was my, you know, that was my favorite movie. So I, I, I don't know where it came from, but over the last two, three years now, I have to admit, if I don't watch Christmas Vacation, I, I don't know what to do with the holiday because it's not a holiday until I watch the film. It's not a ho- It's added to that list of watching Elf and a Christmas Story. If I don't watch Christmas Vacation, I, it's not the holiday. So, in some strange regards and in some strange way, it has looped around and become one of my favorite Christmas movies. And on that note, we're gonna wish everyone a happy holiday. We're going to wish everyone, whatever you celebrate or whatever you don't celebrate, you know, season's greetings, Merry Christmas, crazy Kwanzaa, you know, I mean, I don't know what you, happy Hanukkah, all those, all those fun things, because you know what, at the end we're you know, we're all people, we're all human, we're all part of the human race. 
you know, just be good to each other. Do what you can to make other people's lives better as long as, you know, as long as making as you're making your family's lives better as well. And I'm just wishing you and yours a happy season's greeting. This is Tim. This is Get Off My Lawn, the Mad Ramblings of a Gen Xer, and I'm out of here. <laughs>